0: All right, well,
1: welcome to another episode of Flip Your Friday. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co host, Casey LeBlanc. And uh, we have a very special guest today, uh, Horace Wormley. Thank you very much for uh, for just allowing us to hang out for a little bit. I really appreciate it.
0: And thanks for having me anytime. Yeah, man. yeah. Absolutely. so, j- I mean,
1: just so just so the guests know, Horace, yeah. I mean, look, you, you played basketball, Division One basketball, which is a dream of many, many, uh, many, many, many kids out mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. Finished up at Vanguard, I believe, right? Division Vanguard, One scholarship at athlete.
0: NAIA, though. NAIA Division, okay. yeah. N-A-I, N-A-I Division I. NAIA one. Division I. One. Uh-huh.
1: And then after that, you played uh, It's 12, 12 years of professional basketball. Yeah. Uh, and and Forrest, he played on six different continents. So, um, not always it's not always the NBA uh, that that you can play, but you can generate a lot of capital, a lot of money, and a lot of special experience absolutely through the game of basketball. And that's really what you did. Um, and you're implicitly an entrepreneur, and, and that's what I want to drill down today. I know that you're from Pasadena, you're from LA, but you've done some tremendous things even during your career. And Casey, one of the first things that I really wanted to start off with is the fact that I I think it was maybe in your se- second deal or very early on in your career, you, you had an instinct that you didn't really need an agent, so to speak, to negotiate your contract. And so you gave yourself your own solution. So this is the first place I want to jump off with today because I think that's very special to have that perspective coming right out of college or very shortly after to have even the gall mm. to want to do that. So can you dig into that for a little bit?
0: Yeah, for sure. It was... Uh a really um, unique opportunity because uh, it was mixed with a lot of naivete um, I'll mm. even say some stupidity <laughs> uh, to take that risk but also just feeling like I had a really awesome support group um, to do it and that included um, bigger big brothers of mine I refer to them as big brothers who had already um, embarked on their professional careers NBA and overseas um, had a really good support system with family friends who are attorneys Um, and the naivete, stupidity part was coming out of college, not realizing or understanding the industry to the, to the best of, uh, the knowledge I think I probably could have. Mm. And so I had an agent coming out of school. I had signed to, um, Jeff Fryer was his name. Wonderful guy, wonderful agent. Um, but I was very much aloof. Um, and so didn't even know how to use the resource in him that I had. And so, yeah, once, (laughs) once, uh, I'm thinking I'm supposed to come out of school, make twenty thousand dollars a month, uh, my first contract, and here I am, you know, kind of not necessarily arguing with them, but like, yo, what's going on with these contracts that I am receiving? And I end up firing them. Um, and, and you yeah. felt
1: you fired them. Do you say out of out of uh, you fired them out of naivete? You fired them out of ignorance, not knowing how to use them. Is that what you're suggesting? Uh,
0: yeah, I did. I think there was a mix of of both of going. You know what? I think I can do this myself. Um, but then also firing them out of, uh, if, if I can go back and do it all over, I would have still done it, uh, myself and, and led, um, myself, but I would have used them in a different capacity, a different resource instead of. Depending on
2: him, so do. so I'm a numbers guy. So yeah. I want to know. I want to dive into a number yeah. so people understand what, like a little more context. And and, and, and forgive me because Naivete is, is is me right now. Yeah, I don't no worries, really understand no the idea of like what actually he, they're. there. He
1: also doesn't understand basketball. <laughs> so, no worries. Yes, yeah, so we can get into. He that, He understands too. business though. Yes, yes I he do. does. So <laughs> so, so, let, so let's let's look
2: at the numbers. To just walk us through what an agent. Maybe just start with the basics, what an agent does, what they get paid, how yeah, they get compensated, and just give us some, some idea as to yeah. what you were leaving uh, dollars-wise because we also then want to compare it to, okay, what was he able to negotiate? What were you able to yeah. negotiate and kind of look at it apples and apples comparison? For sure,
0: for sure. Okay. Um, so America and and international basketball work completely differently when it comes to agents, right? So uh, American side of basketball, even Canadian, so North American side of basketball, uh, you will um, pay your agent out of your own purse, right? But when it comes to international basketball, the teams typically pay the agents, right? So even in that dynamic, it sets a completely different different tone, something that I had to learn very early, very quickly as well. Right. Uh, the second part of that is the level that I was – uh, coming out of school at. I'm not coming out of a Duke or North Carolina or UCLA or what have you. So I wouldn't have garnered the same amount of cash or, or uh, capital or salary coming out of school of many many others, right? He's, so, he's making introductions.
2: Is that what he's, you're saying? He's so. not
0: only making it introductions, but he's also – uh, creating context around what type of player I am and what yeah. value I can bring to not only the team, the the organization, the market that I'm in. So, yeah, it's not just introductions. Is, he's, when,
2: he's doing, when I say introductions, yeah. is he creating film and, and presenting that? Is Are you doing actual interviews? Mm-hmm. What is that like? Because yeah. I think everybody sees, like, NBA draft, and right. then they watch, like, on ESPN, they right. want, they see college kids, and then they see NBA but there's a whole other world of basketball and right. professional basketball that's going on that a lot of people don't know about. So can you kind of yeah. walk us through some of that? For sure.
0: It is it is a, a very collaborative um, uh, time and place when you're coming out of college and even in between, depending on where you are in your career. So I am uh, submitting film. We are putting this together um, together mm-hmm. okay. uh, with, with one another. OK, um, so, yeah, there was a there was a ton of collaboration. So your first
2: that. deal with your agent, yeah. he's getting paid from your purse
0: no he's getting paid from the team from the team okay so got it. what, what country deal. what was your first country germany germany and i ended up going there um anyway to go play but he had a ton of relationships there he had played there himself and so that was like the ideal that's typically the ideal place if you're coming out of out of school you're a rookie it's a really good place to play germany france those are typically good places to play they're when you easy. say
2: good what do you like how are you how are you how are you, yeah, how are you basing sure. that
0: so they're they're Top three divisions, say Germany from BBL is their top division, and they go pro A, pro B. They're really professional, number one. The organizations, the way they're structured, the way they're ran, are really professional. The culture is probably the closest to American life. So this is a 20, 21-year-old kid, yeah. um, first time living abroad, first time having their own business. You don't want to send them into, no disrespect, but like a Saudi Arabia or some third yeah, world war country type of thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the leagues are very very competitive. So if you are playing, you're not top league uh, BBL team in Germany. You're Pro A or Pro B. Those team, those leagues, and those teams are competitive to go play top league somewhere else. Spain is another one. Uh, I can't can't be uh, forget Spain. So sure. those okay. are those are those leagues that you can go play. If you're not in the top league in that country, you can play their second league, third league, and. Work your way up to. So, sorry, sorry money. but just yeah. just yeah. really, really quick, just yeah. so I
2: get an idea on the number. So about twenty thousand dollars a month is what you negotiate on, or your agent negotiate. No, negotiated. not at all.
0: That was what I was in my naivete uh, was thinking I should be uh, getting. gotta okay. so when well, I got so the numbers wise, what the did numbers, you get on? What did you so get on your I first contract? Up, I ended up making twelve hundred dollars a month on wow. my first contract. Okay, and did so did they what provide is, a
1: car and, and housing? Yes, as well? so they did all of that.
0: They did what, car, what does and your agent get? He's is he so he'll get he'll get a bag of nuts or no? Essentially, essentially. (laughs) Actually... He's like, yeah, bro. Is,
2: I, I spent more money on trying to
0: get cut up your correct. edit your, your your film. Correct. This cool. is for him. This is uh, genuinely a passion of so, love. Yeah. So when to you help fi- you grow, when build. you fired yeah.
2: him, he was like, "Thank you." Yeah.
0: yeah he, he was he was probably like like cussing me out behind doors, <laughs> all no, type of stuff. No for sure. He's like, "I'm gonna take my hundred twenty dollars and go home." What's great about Jeff is he's actually still somebody I can call today. That's so cool. Thankfully, thank he probably did, did cuss me out a bit, but yeah, you, you know, know he understands it, the business. To so. to when I watched
2: Win for a number of years, being friends with him, and when he was representing players, yeah. he it was not just about the deal; it was about the relationship, yeah. and both on the negotiating side with the team, yeah. but the, but also the player. And those relationships are are evident in his. His friendships
1: and his circle today, which is, it, I think that's it's funny. Like I, I, Alan Ball comes to mind. I mean, he, I, I've been, I think he fired me twice, right? But we're friends. <laughs> yeah, we're we're friend, went to yeah. my wedding. It, yeah, it, we very it. good friends. It's part it's of it. Part of it. And if you understand that cold-term process, yeah. you 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 continue. Yeah, you continue. Yeah. The other. Well, the yeah. other I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry. no. Go ahead. I say sorry. the
0: other really awesome part of it too is is I think Jeff saw something in me um that I hadn't yet to really really see in myself that had absolutely nothing to do with my mm-hmm. ability on the court. Yeah. and that was the conversation that we were having and that's why I can very humbly say like there was a lot of naivete and stupidity I wish I would have you know been able to just step back and go okay I kind of want to do this this way Jeff and this is what I'm thinking how can you help me in this path versus I don't like how you're doing it let me just part ways because uh down the road um he he was able to uh gather a collective of guys that he was able to spin into um, coaching careers or help them become agents later down the line so he had a much bigger plan and bigger play something that he saw um in me that my basketball game could then leverage mm. uh but we never ever made it to that spot again stupid 20 21 year old kid so, he was dealing with
1: so you started at 1200 a month yeah but you played basketball for 12 years
0: yeah i didn't stay at 1200 a month thankfully mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so you're in let's say you're in germany yeah i was right? in
0: germany Landshoot Germany. Did
1: you get, <laughs> did you <laughs> did you get to understand then immediately after a year what countries had good basketball and what countries didn't and what certain countries um, were looking for because as I understand it mm-hmm. certain countries see America as branded certain ways. Mm-hmm. For example, in Japan, you don't want to be uh you're, they they look for big men, yep. for example, right? Yeah, they don't correct. look for guards. Correct. Um and in other countries there's other scenarios. Did you learn that quickly?
0: Very quickly. Very, very, very quickly. Actually, about two months into uh, my first season in Germany, I learned it really quickly. I have one of my big brothers, I call him. um, His name is Coco Archibong. Went to um, – can't think of the college he went to. Ivy League school, really, really smart individual. Um, Brown. Yeah, it was a Brown. Was it Brown? Yeah, I think so. Okay. (laughs) We're going with Brown. We're going with Brown. (laughs) Uh, Played in Sopat, Poland, league team at the time. So not only did he teach me tricks of the trade of – how to get care of packages in and just how to navigate the European space. But he also told me very quickly and taught me very quickly, understand your value, understand what market you're in, understand that you're a five-seven guard and that Europe may not be the place for you, but this is a good place for you to start. So I learned very, very quickly. I had a, another uh, veteran who I was vying for um, our point guard spot. We were vying uh, against each other, and he was still um, – very helpful in, in educating me about different markets and the business. So very quickly, I had I had some some guys in my corner that were were willing to to put me on game, if you will. That's one
2: true. one of the things we talk about in this podcast is like mindset. And when you look back, um, how were you adjusting in in that time frame of coming out of college, being uh, sent overseas? But for for listeners that are not necessarily basketball players, mm-hmm. but being five foot seven mm-hmm. playing professional basketball, walk, walk us through some of the things that that made you different, elite, that mm-hmm. made you competitive in a way where you were able to get paid to play a sport that you love. Like those are the things I think that we you can pick up on from people for people listening. Mm-hmm. So wh- walk us through what you were like at that mm-hmm. stage in your life and, mm-hmm. and then maybe how it evolved. Right, for right. Sure. Because the person that you are at twenty is not who you are at thirty two. And if you played twelve years, can you give us some idea as to what that
0: process looked like? Absolutely. I'll I'll go back to one, I was a a twelve year old freshman in high school. Um, so I started school really, really early. I graduated awesome. high school at sixteen. 5'7 um, is the peak of my height. So I've been short. Same with
1: him. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've been I've been short my entire life. So it wasn't anything. By the time I got to twenty twenty one, that I had to adjust my my basketball game um, was already uh, equipped for a small guard. Um, the adversities I had in my everyday life, if you want to call them that, I had already become well equipped with them. I adjusted to them was very confident who I am as a as a person, very confident who I am as a as a point guard. Is
2: there a, like a chip on your shoulder type no, of thing? No, not at all. It's okay. actually
0: the, the reverse. I had a, a former coach of mine who I again somebody else I still speak to, uh Idrees Jones, who put things in perspective for me one day when I was at Pasadena City College. He he made me aware that I'm an anomaly. One, he said there's Shaq on one end and then there's you yeah. and Earl Boykins on the other end. Yeah. So what it did was open my eyes to uh my height being an advantage and oh. that uh, something else that he was just made me very aware of is like sometimes coaches are lazy and they prefer to go with the taller guards because it's less coaching they have to do. They you'll hear it a lot. Uh, height is something you don't have to teach. Um uh, but when you get with a coach who's really adamant about teaching the game and development, they can take anybody from five seven on the way up and teach them the skills of the game. And I was again very blessed to have a coach in that way. So I I learned again at the age of about 13, 14, even with my father just explaining to me and showing me ways that my height would become an advantage. It's something I get to do now to this day, Mm -hmm. right? So you can get as low as you want to get playing me, um, but I'm already low, so I'm going to get by you. And there's certain tricks in that way. So when you
2: equate that to the real world, it's like understanding what you are, the things that you – you, you can control and change your mindset. Absolutely. Like a lot of people would look in on the basketball court and mm-hmm. say five foot seven is a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But if you have that mindset of believing that, hey, look, absolutely. you got to get low right. to guard me. I'm going to be quicker, faster, right. or more nimble, or, 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 or use basketball skill versus just my height or I, getting lazy. You're going to work a little bit harder absolutely. on some of this stuff. Speaking
1: of height, I mean, absolutely. we have, we have, you've already explained the the low in terms of your lowest salary at Indeed. 1200
0: a month. Indeed. Give me, give me a spread. Where,
1: where were you at the, the highest, pinnacle of your career? Yeah, the
0: highest was uh, China, which was 30000 a month. Mm. So that's a big deal. So, okay. So then yeah. if we're still talking about the
2: economics, what was your, you were your agent at that point. I was my agent. At so that if point. you negotiate 30, do you also get the spread from the team for the agent? Uh, oh, it part um,
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't work. But what I was able to get was um, perks on the other side. So I wasn't able to get the cut. Uh, I don't believe at the time, or maybe they still don't FIBO doesn't allow you to do that. Okay. Um, and so the team I was with kept everything on the up and up, but what they were uh, able to do is just give me perks on the backside. So they could do it in, um, per diem or okay. they could do it in even housing or it's cuz i did save them a ton of a ton of money yeah right. so is it still
2: that. 10% is that kind of the going rate yeah that's right? about the that's, that's about, about the right.
0: going okay. rate and, and it it fluctuates based on your salary too so you could get something a little higher to agent to get maybe Would you 13, rate China 14%. as
1: the top country to get paid in right now?
0: Um as a country overall yeah i would probably i'll probably go China there are some teams some organizations in Europe and other places that will pay you top dollar but uh country league overall, um, top to bottom, China's probably still number one in what they so, pay out.
2: So you played twelve years in, in professional ball and had some really unique experiences mm-hmm. on the court, but mm-hmm. it looks like too just in learning and being coached. Mm-hmm. Walk us through then how that equates to today. What are you doing today mm-hmm. and, and how does those how do those experiences play a
0: role? Absolutely. mentorship it was was and still is everything. And uh, now you're
2: you're the mentor. And now
0: now I'm the mentor and still being uh mentored as well. Uh, but it helps because I always joke and say that I got my Ph.D. in basketball. Um, it, was, it was the craft God gave me to explore the world through. It gave me a, a very unique worldview. Um, I don't think you travel and, and touch six continents without gaining one and, and learning other languages, learning different styles of business, different cultures. Um, so, again, I joke, but it's very serious. It's very serious that I, I got my Ph.D. in basketball. So I was able to tap into people who were in the financial sector, home and abroad. Uh, folks who are in real estate, home and abroad. Um, I've always had an a interest in, one, I, I wanted to be an anthropologist growing up, um, and then it fell into wanting to be an entrepreneur. So those two things kind of converge with basketball and the ability to travel. And so now I'm able to kind of pay that forward with some of the things I was able to gather while I was playing basketball, tapping in again to people in the financial sector, real estate, art, um, architecture, you name it. The list goes on and on. I've had all these interests since I was a kid, and I, I learn these things or grab these things in a very non traditional way, right? Um, and again, got a chance to use my career as kind of this uh, pilot program to kind of experiment and dump. Let's ideas into
1: Let's talk about negotiation and yeah, business. For sure, for uh, in business sure. in the context of sports. Yeah. Obviously what you're saying is that sports gave you uh, worldly knowledge in a way, it Indeed. taught you a number of different things, Indeed. which I'd like to flesh out later, but let's just talk about just as an example in a category mm-hmm. of negotiation. Did you sense that every country that you went to or every culture that you introduced yourself had a different way of negotiating? Absolutely. Can you give me some sort of Absolutely.
0: example? Absolutely. Um so China China is very much hardline. Like they're gonna they're going to give you a number and they're whatever they can afford if they will, and they're not gonna budge on it much. So the negotiation comes a, a lot with them in in what I would say now deliverables or incentives, right? Mm-hmm. So you you gotta kind of have to take that hard number. You may get a little wiggle room here and there, but what you can negotiate with them are the incentives. Um, when I was in South America, They will fluctuate They're They have a bit more wiggle room with you on on certain things. And even to the point of being able to to uh, negotiate, um, I don't want to call it equity in a team, but uh, some stake in like sponsorships that they had. Mm -hmm. Right. So they give they gave me more, more wiggle room to negotiate on the business side off off the court. But, which so, was really yeah, really interesting, and, and so recognizing culture,
1: yes. it gave you an advantage and perspective on how to negotiate Absolutely. your deal, and that translates. And let's move forward to, to well, what one you're doing one now, thing, one ahead. point I want to yeah, make. Yes. Uh, one,
2: one one point I want to make because people listening need to understand leverage, and they need to understand where those push points are. Because if as you're negotiating a deal as a basketball player, mm-hmm. people are always negotiating deals. Their salaries, mm-hmm. they're negotiating, uh, you know, with their husbands or wives. I mean, mm-hmm. people, you're you're constantly it's a give and a take. So Absolutely. understanding the other party, understanding different cultures and things like that, but utilizing some of, some of those things, what were you, cause you were negotiating all your own deals after your first agent. Sure. Okay. So how do you use that today? So walk mm-hmm. us through kind of the, the life lessons outside mm-hmm. of just negotiating a basketball deal, but yeah. what does that look like for you post basketball?
0: Yeah. It starts for me with, um, and I hope it's not too vague, but a lot of listening, like really, really, really sitting down yeah. and and negotiating for me is not just talking and, and trying to be a fast talker and see, it's a lot of listening. It's a lot of identifying uh, where the thresholds are, what, what is it that they want, where can I actually add value versus me um, presenting something that I think it just has to be this way. Um, and then finding where my threshold is with them and what makes me comfortable entering into this space or into this agreement with them And then now I get to explore an entire world and we get to do it together. So I start even today with a lot of listening because this is going to be a collaborative effort. I at least hope it will be.
2: Sorry, go ahead. You were, you were using, you were using your network that mm -hmm. you built in basketball with Mm -hmm. you said art and real estate, all those different things, post career Mm -hmm. and using those negotiating skills that you learned in Mm -hmm. doing back and forth deals with Mm -hmm. different countries. And that's, that's life, right? right That's absolutely. how you ended up becoming. And, and when you say entrepreneur, that mm-hmm. you went from athlete, professional athlete, mm-hmm to entrepreneur and usul- so, utilizing some of those things. Yeah, so, I just
1: want to touch base on the fact that listening just as a concept is so important that mm-hmm. I've learned. And, and it's, j- listening, by the way, well, listen, <laughs> hey, listen. No, but what, what I want the audience to understand is it's not just, when he says listening, it's not just uh, like keeping your ears open. Active listening means Active listening. sometimes repeating mm-hmm. to the person what you heard, because oftentimes if you don't do that, you mm-hmm. guys will miscommunicate and the whole the whole deal goes sideways. that's no, a really good point. So it is important to actively listen. Absolutely. Yeah. Good questions
0: are also one of those forms of active listening, like really having investigative, insightful questions that open the door for. Another opportunity that you two may have not, or two both parties may have not have. Absolutely. Ever, ever well, we seen. talked
2: about relationships, mm-hmm. right? When you are actively listening and mm-hmm. you're asking legitimate questions, mm-hmm. you are building that relationship yeah, Building and if rapport and yeah. rapport and relationships. Yeah. And if as you do negotiate, when you really truly do negotiate, those are really critical points in, yeah. in doing some of
1: that stuff. That's, That's a good point. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So let, let's go to now. Yeah. Uh. Because obviously we, we have we have Frank out here too, that yeah. I'm really excited yeah, to, yeah. to interview as well. And you guys have formed an incredible partnership. Yes, my brother. Um but based on your experience and where we are now and you you've talked to us how basketball has kind of helped accelerate your knowledge and mm-hmm. ability to negotiate and be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. now you've you guys created um, layer cake mm-hmm. You have what's called the district LLC, That's correct. and you have district foundation. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't mind touching base first on Layer Cake and what you guys decided to do and mm-hmm. how you help people, and then like to get into what you're doing in LA right now, actively through the game of basketball.
0: Absolutely, we actually touched a, a quite a bit on Layer Cake. So awesome. Um, my first two or three years, it was it was just me, but uh, he and what, I. what up. is it? So, so Layer Cake, yeah, no worries. Layer Cake is a consulting firm. Okay. Um, very generally speaking, but more so uh, sports consulting. Okay. So, after we um, kind of realized that he and I had a very similar uh, mindset approach um, to the business and love for the game of basketball, we just connected, and he still continued to work with the few agents that um, were in his network, but he also uh, really started to represent himself. And so once we hooked up and got together and realized this is something that we're both doing, that we both uh, love to do and have been somewhat successful at, uh, we started to do it, um, again, in our own careers, but with each other. So he would be somebody that I would call. Mm. And we never, ever played together abroad. We played together for the Los Angeles Defenders, which was the Lakers D-League team at the time, or G-League team at the time. Um, But we separated from there. So when I went to China, I forget, I think Frank went to Israel but we still always remained in touch. We were always just iron sharpening iron, sharing different. Um, well, I have two questions, yeah, two no follow-up questions.
2: No One is, what are you consulting? That's a generic question. For but sure. two is, how the hell did you come up with layer cake? What, the, what Were you guys Man, eating dessert? Yeah. No, no, it's a
0: great story. I'm glad I get to share it. So layer cake actually is the uh, comes from a movie um, that Daniel Craig starred in. And the his character didn't have a name at all. But in this movie, there's a line that that he and I both love, and it is, um, the art of good business is being a good middleman. And so that was something that he and I just, you know, sunk our teeth into and thought okay. like, this is what we are, this is what we like to do. So the consulting piece actually comes from us being really good middlemen, whether it was helping a, a friend or peer of ours understand their value in the market or with the team, um, taking a brand that. May have reached out to us, whether it was in tech, whether it was food and beverage, whatever, connecting them with a the player that made sense for them, helping an organization that we were currently with or one that we had played for in the past, find a player. Like we were just finding ourselves in the middle of all of this business and consulting in all of these spaces Got and it. then coming okay. home and, you know, connecting with the Nikes and the Adidas. Because and, what and people still, see, yeah.
2: at least from, from my vantage point, I yeah. think a lot of people's vantage point, you see... The, the draft, right, mm-hmm. football draft, ba- mm-hmm. baseball draft, everything is on TV. Mm-hmm. Those are draftable players, Correct. right? But there are thousands oh, of man. other players that are playing professional sports yeah. that nobody sees or understands or really understands. Uh, uh, recognizes how in depth that process is, right? right? There's this another layer right. that yeah. maybe isn't as, is, uh, advertised. Right. Sure. So that's, is that so you're picking up on a market that is there. And a lot of those people, because the dollars may not, mm-hmm. they don't know what to do. Exactly. Right. I,
0: I always call it the, it's the worst game of musical chairs you could play because the, <laughs> the roster seats, the chairs aren't changing, but the players, every year there's a new crop of these people coming. Right. Mm-hmm. But the industry continues to grow. So, um, continue along that with that analogy. Like I think it's just we just understood the music more than anything. We just understood like the times, and here is where if you can't get a chair in one of these seats, here's how you can leverage what you've already done. And still participate in this game and still play in this game. So wow, that's yeah. incredible. Cool, that's so, really interesting.
1: Let, let's go to District because sure. obviously we kind of met through District. Yeah. You know Jay Valentine? We talked about that R money. Jay moves. Yeah, <laughs> he is a he's a G, isn't he, he? He is a G. He yeah. is a
0: genius. It, it's it's well, above. it's
1: interesting, and and let's touch on that because this is how we springboard into District. Yeah, I got introduced to him through through Jay Valentine. Mm-hmm. I was invited to a run. I said I told Jay Val and I could play. He mm-hmm. said we'll see if you can play, right? <laughs> sure. And but what it? Well, I walk in there. There's there's I mean there's there's pros there. There's there's mm-hmm. Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Katino Mobley mm-hmm. mobile. Uh, you know yep. mobile. He is mobile. Yeah, yeah he's uh, mobile. F- I was very intimidated, right? Mm. But what I did realize, and what Jay Valentine explained to me afterwards, he's like, look, this is a special collective of artists and very high elite people. Mm -hmm. But my goal here is, obviously, we all love the game of basketball, Mm -hmm. but it's to network, okay? So don't get it twisted. I see you as valuable, Mm -hmm. and as long as you can play, you get invited back. Of course, I was very nervous that I wouldn't get invited back. I did, but that was a platform for Jay Valentine. He saw basketball, the game, as an opportunity to network, just like golf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where District comes in. It's in LA. It's in Chatsworth. There's an LLC component mm-hmm. and there's a uh, a nonprofit component. So let's that's go correct. into what you uh, talk about. Well, Let talk about talk to me about District LLC first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dist-
0: District LLC is an amalgamation of of Frank, one of Frank's brain ch- uh, children, and one of my brain children. Sure. So um, heavy in the tech, there was this concept that he and I worked on called Swizzix. It was about identifying a player's value, um, understanding your value in the marketplace and then having the resources to take advantage of those two things. Um, so we were able to take that concept and a senior year project that Frank had called the gauntlet, um, that was an actual facility and it looked more, uh, uh, grandiose than mm-hmm. the one we have now, which he'll, he'll probably explain sure. to you much better than I can of how we even got to that place. Uh, but the district started out of those two concepts. And so it gave us an opportunity to, uh, to utilize all of our resources, our network, our skills that we had learned over the years, and put them into a bucket, essentially. So that first bucket, because we're now at two facilities, that first bucket was built around three things. It's on-court training, um, starting with basketball, as what we know. So we started there, um, sports performance, so your strength, conditioning, speed, agility, and then rehab and re- um, recovery. And this is
1: open. This is open to anybody. It this doesn't matter if you're if you're nine years old. It doesn't matter if you're fifty years old. Because eight to eighty. You see eight, eight to, to 80. eighty. Eight yeah. to, 80. Yeah. to eighty. Yeah. Because the value is implicit. It's health Absolutely. and wellness. It's business acumen. Absolutely. It's all of that. Absolutely.
0: Right? If to to borrow Nike's uh, ethos, if you will, if you have a body, you're an athlete, mm. and so that's what distinguishes us. I believe is is we treat you like an elite athlete. So it's not a twenty four hour fitness in that way. Um, this is for the executive this is for the elite entertainer this is for the elite athlete that in their own walk of life they are an athlete um you're you're synthesizing ideas all day you're using your body all day and so you want to prepare and recover in a, in a way that uh, what we know to be an athlete recovers and so we specifically cater and tailor what we do to that specific type of person who is someone at eight eight years old and it's someone Just, at eighty years. So the,
1: the the grounding anchor is operating at an elite level, mm-hmm. right? And it it's grounded through sports, but absolutely. it carries it's pervasive. Absolutely, is this
2: a scalable business? Meaning, uh, I mean, it sounds it sounds unique mm-hmm. enough, and with mm-hmm. with anchors that are different than, like you said, the twenty four hour fitness, yeah. where you have a, a niche a niche, and mm-hmm. and there could be something there. What how are you looking at the business side of
0: yeah, it? Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely biased, right? Obviously <laughs> biased, but I, yeah. I absolutely believe it's scalable. Um, and I think in its uniqueness uh, is what allows us to be scalable. I I think we're coming into a space and time um, in sports and business where um, becoming elite, and this may sound weird, but becoming elite is a bit more accessible these days, right, with the with the nature of technology and, and how information is flowing. Gathering information has become a habit. Absolutely. So, yes, for that reason alone, I think it becomes um, scalable. Okay. And then uh, the um, growth pattern that we've kind of talked about here is – being able to take what we do and who we are um, in our community Uh and find people much like ourselves. I'll mention a a Jay Valentine in in Oakland. He's from Oakland could open something up like this because he's completely tapped into his community. A Mo Harkless who's from Queens, who's, uh, tied into his community. Um, well, one one yeah. question I have for you yeah. is it is it a membership model? Like what what is the what, yeah. what the economic? So we're actually moving towards a membership model, but how we started it to keep that elite that to kind of grow the brand, it was all done on packages and it was done through our network first. Okay. So we're when our, you say
2: packages, you mean like one yeah, on so one? Come, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Every,
0: everything everything is a boutique feel here. Got it. With us, right? Okay. So that keeps it elite, even as we transition over into membership, it'll still remain boutique feel will keep the numbers small keep everything again just very very personable but one yeah. of the things i really yeah.
1: enjoy when i when i go up there and and, and train or play yep. or have access to is you know you, you may be working out but there comes an nba player that's doing similar workouts mm-hmm. for you and you're inspired right you're inspired right. and and you're not you're, you're not bothering them but the fact that that the optics of of having two humans maybe from two different walks of life being there both wanting to uh, reach an elite uh, level, it, it, it's something that's uh, it's an intangible that that's very interesting. It's absolutely
0: yeah. Absolutely.
2: What, how, I'm just curious. Like again, just kind of generic question. But how big is the facility? And mm-hmm. then how many people are? How many people work there? And how mm-hmm. many people jo- uh, join? Absolutely. I guess yeah. No yeah, idea so, of, of, of so size. So
0: our first facility, which is uh, where all of the health and wellness um, space kind of, or, or activities take place, is seventy six hundred square feet, approximately. Okay. Our second facility, which we've dubbed the Field House, that's um, more of our uh, country club around basketball type of field where when plays with Jay Valentine, that one is 14,000 square feet. Okay. Um, on is that
2: the sweet spot right there, is finding something that's about 14,000? Is that
0: uh, For us, yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, I think so. And it, it's weird, or not maybe not weird, but it's unique for us in that um, I think we could – they're the two businesses or the two facilities are very much interconnected. Right. But I think we could actually run with different um, models for both in different uh, marketplaces and they'll actually work. Um, so, yeah. But our uh, HQ is what we call it, our, our headquarters where we started small. We have about 200 members, roughly, oh, okay. in that space. The Field House Club, the Country Club, is a little more harder to tell just because of inside of that we have a barbershop we have a shoe store we're developing a lounge there cool. is a full court we have residencies of of um uh southern california academy well, and, um, and you
1: built a reputation where the clippers, yeah, come, clippers or, will, come, teams will, come, will come NBA clippers will come teams
0: will come so that one is really like we'd have to go back and really look at the so, numbers. but this click, is but this yeah. seems
2: pretty new Right. I mean, new like you guys are you guys are kind of discovering where the path is. I mean, you don't there's not just one path. There's multiple paths. Now, the challenge is picking which path is going to yield. That's
0: correct. We're two years in. um, Okay, And the, the beautiful part about it is we still have a small team, so it keeps us flexible. Uh, we're definitely taking a very agile approach to how we move forward with different things. Startup, yeah, it's a startup life. I'm sure both of we you. We were know just it talking about <laughs> you know the
2: startup uh, mentality of being yep. scrappy. You yep. know, rolling yeah. your sleeves up and you're getting involved in like. I, I love, yeah, Indeed. I I love that. Okay, so let's talk, talking about that because mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm fascinated by entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. And, and startup yeah. culture. What are the things? What's your role, mm-hmm. and what what gets you excited about these opportunities? And, and, and walk us mm-hmm. through you personally as you look at the, this in your career path.
0: Yeah, I've I've dubbed myself uh, CVO, (laughs) Chief Visionary Officer. Okay. Uh, I'm not wearing this hat on accident. Like, I am a a creative um, and refer to myself as a business creative. Uh, I like to get inside of uh, what we do or any other business that I, you know, can get my hands on and see how I can – Communicate that product or service. You're a point guard. You're the point guard, baby. You're the point in guard in business. And it, it, it has never changed. It's funny, that was my social media handle for a long time Point Guardian of yes. the Galaxy. I like so I'm that. a point guard. Yeah. Um, and that's what I genuinely love to do. I'm not a day to day guy. Thank God for Frank, because he can be, you know, <laughs> yeah. COO, CEO of it all and, and get in in the nooks and crannies. I'm a person that likes to carve out a path forward um, for us. And I like to see uh, how culture, um, integrates into what we do yeah. and how we can be uh innovative in that space Incredible. Uh, with, with what we have so and that i mean yeah.
2: that that has to come you were you were a born point guard and that yeah, it, and you were trying to figure out through your 12 years what am mm-hmm. i going to do next and it was just yes. a natural path to entrepreneurial yes. right like you were always you were always bound it was just a matter of when right I,
0: I would have to agree i yeah. would have to agree i didn't discover probably till about 25 26 where i got really confident in yeah. that but you're absolutely right i've always had to um, read the room in a different way, uh, find out where my leverage, you know, was or how I can gain value or get value or offer value. I've always had to think in that way, literally, even on the court to stay on the court. So.
2: One thing I want to touch on that I think is super important that people uh, at least me personally, I love how people find their confidence in mm-hmm. ways uh, that in areas where they're uncomfortable. So you're comfortable on the court by the mm-hmm. time you're 25. Mm-hmm. You're uncomfortable off of it when you're talking about startup and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. How do you find or tap into some of the things that that you were building on confidence wise Mm -hmm. on the court to utilize, like in your life, you're trying to find areas in which you're super confident Mm -hmm. and in transitioning into areas that you're not. So can you talk to us about how you were able to identify that or use that at a young age at 25 and and how it's, I'm assuming it's still probably prevalent in your life today.
0: For sure. Absolutely. And I'll go back to, um, and I'll use the word boundary. Boundaries, one of those um, keys, and failure is the other key. But I'll go back to uh, my coach, Idris, um, making me aware of my height being an advantage. Mm. That was a boundary for me because before that, I was trying to do what the taller guard would, would do, right? So I'm, I'm Magic Johnson. I'm trying to back you down. You know, or I'm getting too deep in the pain and, and thinking I can dunk over a big guy. <laughs> Once my perspective flipped and I realized what my boundaries were, I was able to take full advantage of of those things in my boundaries and once i got in my boundaries it was now taking a risk within those things to just fail and i find myself doing that now in business Mm. Um, and i'm still a bit of a baby in this i'm still trying to find my confidence in this space um, but I am able to, to uh, reach back into my pro career, just my basketball journey, and go, okay, develop a boundary. What are you good at? I'm able to say I'm not good at the day to day stuff because I had to do it. Yeah. Right? We had to wear multiple hats, but yeah. I can say I'm not good at that. Let me get back to what I'm great at, what I do really well, and then get comfortable selling. Surround that space. yourself,
1: which
2: you is just like business. Yeah. But this yeah. is such an important point. I can't hammer this enough or emphasize mm-hmm. it enough is like appreciating the 5'7", versus saying, you know what, I'm not 6'2", I can't do this, or I don't have that. Like, people get so caught up in what other people think or what they don't have or what someone else, someone's taller, better looking, got more opportunity. they Silver spoon, like, no, hey, I'm 5'7", and I'm nimble, I'm quick. My vision has to be good. I'm going to understand how the players around me are going to facilitate an offense. Like, Pete, I just think that, and that is... That is a yeah, home run. Absolutely. That's a home run in life. When you start to realize every single asset that you have in your life can be utilized and, and, and leveraged into way bigger things if you appreciate it and mm-hmm. just say, you know what, these are things that you're not changing 5'7". I'm
0: not changing
2: 5'7". And if you can look at it as an asset versus a mm-hmm. liability, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, changed, it changed your whole <laughs> life. Absolutely. It was someone actually pulling you aside and saying, you're not Magic Johnson. Right. And so few people have that that mentorship. person yeah, in mentorship. mentorship it's mentorship. so critical so okay my, my next one i don't mean yeah, to jump no but problem. how are you pay, how are you paying that forward with people how are you mm-hmm. you have a lot of opportunities he's as perfect. a as the yeah, chief right. chief vision officer he's yeah. doing one of these oh, i love it
1: a, a good, <laughs> i,
0: I can't dunk too so you, um, can, can or can not i can you can dunk. I can. okay yeah but yeah no I'm, I'm able to pay that pay that forward now through district Foundation. Which um, is the third component. Which is the dark component. This yeah, this Thank is you. the, this is the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the third component. This is the part where um, I'm able to take business brain entrepreneur off a little bit and get back into the love and the passion and all of the people that poured into me, the, the mentors that I had, my father, my mother, and I'm able to take those lessons, those things I, I learned um, living abroad, playing abroad and pour them right back into a kid, whether it's on the court or off. Uh, Frank and I always use the term, we use the court as a classroom. So even when we're on the court, I'm still able to speak to a kid through art or through music, um, through anime, something that Mm. they can relate to them. And when we step off the court, uh, we're able to pull in, which we've done mental uh, health therapists. So we do what we call mental agility camps um, that we hope get ahead of the curve and not wait till they, you know, are struggling with inat- feeling inadequate because of social media. We make sure that they understand their, their agency and the autonomy they have in their own voice. Uh, we're doing media training now. Uh, we step into um, technology and allowing them to understand statistics. And that analytics is a, a great path to becoming a GM. So these are things that myself and Frank were able to tap into in our journey in a very informal, non traditional way that we're now formalizing and making a bit more traditional for the kids that we're What age group in are, of. is the district? Uh, so right now we're nine to 14, um, more concentrated. Okay. But again, we get a ton of, of high school, college guys as well.
2: Are but you taking anyone or these kids where parents are like, hey, my kid is a D1 athlete? Mm-hmm. Or are you just saying, look, You know, maybe for someone like my one of my kids would Mm -hmm. not be a Division one basketball athlete, Mm -hmm. but they're like, I want them to be good at life. Mm -hmm. Are they going to that 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 type of program too? They're
0: coming now, which we're very thankful for because I wasn't that kid, so I I can say that. Like Frank was the D one athlete, I represent the other side of the pool. I represent kind of what you're saying your your child does. Um, So I'm really thankful that those kids are coming. But we were also very grateful to start with uh, the kids that were uh, and the parents the families that were really gung ho about their kid being a a basketball player or, or an athlete. And they were willing to believe in us, you know, this new startup, yeah. this business. So, and, and the startup
1: yeah. is the, the third component, this yeah. district foundation yeah. truly is, it's an academy, it's education, it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so if I'm, let's say, I, you know, I let's say I'm in the affluent community, I'm in an affluent community in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm debating between sending my child to, let's say, a private school like Winward, who mm-hmm. has a reputation, it's mm-hmm. tra- traditional. Mm-hmm. And then I'm taking a look at district. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern, just point blank, is like, well, okay, great, I see basketball. Basketball is there, right? right? And, and you're surrounded by it. NBA guys are coming in all the time. There's a culture that I would love my son or, or daughter to be exposed to. Mm-hmm. But what what about the other side, right? right? What about what have you done to uh, support the academic side of this of this foundation and venture?
0: Um, we do what we've always done, which is reach into our network of folks because we're we know again back to the boundaries i know where where i feel like i'm an expert at yeah and we tap back into the experts who are in our academians believe i said that right um and so we've worked with the likes of la mission college who support us on the academic side so with our academy we do dual dual enrollment uh, which allows a, a kid let's say they start sixth grade with their dual enrollment curriculum by 10th grade they're able to have their uh, AA and their high school diploma, which allows for them the last two years to maybe tap into a internship of somewhat mm-hmm. or of some kind. Uh, we've also have a, a partnership that we're working. I'm not literally say the name, but a new uh, high school academic institution that will work with us in the same in the same way. And then again, we have partners even in business that are able to come in and lend their expertise in a more hands on tactical uh, way so you're changing yeah. the game of education yeah I, I mean I like to think so so yeah.
2: so just I mean again forgive me for for not understanding completely so from from at the age of sixth grade yeah. a parent is going to make a decision with their kid if they're going to go to an academy or high school not you're not doing both you're doing one or the other and you're gonna get an education but is the percentage like in in typical mm-hmm. school at sixth grade you're mm-hmm. doing Maybe 80% school, 20% sport. Mm -hmm. Is the percent, and I'm kind of making this up, right? This back of a napkin. Yeah, is an academy Mm -hmm. similar, different? Is there the percentages change as far as what the emphasis Mm -hmm. is in the time?
0: Yeah, it's a lot different. One, because it is more tailored to um, the person or the kid or the family who wants to be in sports. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, we're gonna get to a point where we'll take on non athletes want to learn about uh, sports journalism or want to go into kinesiology like that is where we're growing into mm-hmm. but currently you're able to identify that your child is really really talented um, and wants a more concentrated uh, educational and athletic experience district is the place to come to so Got it. we have a, a a couple curriculum tracks or, or pathways that you can take with us That'll kind of like work with your schedule, work with yeah. whatever academic level you learn at. So yeah, yeah,
2: we we were we were fortunate fortunate enough to both be Division One athletes, mm-hmm. and you 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 mentioned it, and that's why I bring it mm-hmm. up is saying I got a PhD in basketball. We, yeah. We're similar, like the, you. What you learn and the, the competitive nature and teamwork and working with people and coaches mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. like there's just so many yeah. things that translate into the real world. Like Absolutely. if if I was uh, didn't have the opportunity to play sports. There's no way I'm an entrepreneur. For there's sure. no way that my confidence is what it is sure. today. And so yeah, there's, the same thing, yeah. so when, when, when I think about what you're, you're doing, if I could have, and I, I kind of did, but I did it through, through self, my mm-hmm. percentage would have changed. I went to a traditional school mm-hmm. and it's 80, mm-hmm. 20. And if I could have adjusted it mm-hmm. down to maybe 60, 40 or 55, mm-hmm. 45, something like that, who knows? It changes, it changes yeah. right? Because. Yeah. Most of the time when I was in that 80% mm-hmm. of school, all I'm doing is thinking about the 20% right. or, you right. know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> For sure. it's just the reality of it. Like yeah. when you're good enough, you, you know, your path and like to refocus some of the yes. time, right? Like, cause I know that if I do my sport,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm going, it's going to translate mm-hmm. into life. Right. Absolutely. So what you're learning on the basketball court, football, yeah. it, it doesn't matter like, that, that that translate just is important. Mm-hmm. If not, sometimes when you're, when you're better than average, yeah. Then more important
0: than that, what you're learning from a book or a traditional
1: school.
2: Right.
0: Absolutely right. And I think that's the 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 component that I think misses with maybe some other um, academies that are out there. Something that we're we've really been focused on is not just going, all right, here's your sport. We're going to compartmentalize that. Here's your academics. We're going to compartmentalize that. But what we've been working on is tethering or integrating your ac- your athletic experience into your academics. So that's why we say sports journalism. Yes, you have to have, you know, your English courses in order to to be UC qualified or right. whatever. But that that uh, English course is going to be around something that you are currently doing. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're going to you're going to write an article about your your favorite, um, you know, athlete, or you're going to give us some background on who's on this organization. Yeah. right? <laughs> who's Naismith? <laughs> There's your history right? lesson. So we yeah. we integrate it at at every level, and I I always say because I did the same thing, right? We went this traditional path academically. Had I been able to learn the way I learned traveling abroad and playing the game, where I learned business, where I learned art, where I learned language, all of those things, if I could have had the opportunity to do that starting at eight. 9 right. years old where I'd be today who knows so we're going to get a chance to see that with our kids
2: well we're we're lucky enough to be able to sit down and talk yeah. to you and you give Likewise. us all of these Likewise. different yeah. these different ideas and businesses that you're in and changing the dynamic of what traditional schooling Absolutely. and how kids at those ages are 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 doing sports while doing school there that's that traditional model while it's worked forever there's never mm-hmm. been another alternative, alternative that's right. that's been viable mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. and it's this whole idea of one size fits all yeah. for every athlete and for every student that mm-hmm. is just supposed to work. that yeah. just, That's not it, right? I believe it's outdated. It's a, I, I it is outdated. I believe that's it's
0: outdated, not only through my own personal walk, um, my partner Frank's personal walk. Yeah. I speak to other athletes, um, and they all, and I mean all, say the same thing, even the ones that were very successful in the traditional path, mm-hmm. uh, myself included. I still know had I had this alternative, right. I feel like I would have – you know, been a completely different species of player, which we call conscious citizens this is what we're trying to raise. I is, love that. Conscious great. citizens.
2: Can We would love we, uh, our listeners to be able to follow the journey. Can you give us maybe some websites, uh, social media, yeah. or, you know, like, like these things that are just now starting to really take – take hold. And, and for, yeah. for those of us that want to be fans over the next, yeah. you know, 40 years, as you guys yeah. do your, do your, do your thing. I love it. I love can it. we, can we follow this and can you tell us where, where we can get more information?
0: Absolutely. So our website is the district Uh, our social media handle Instagram is the dot district D S T R K T. And then our nonprofit, um, is district D S T R K T Academy. Okay, uh, and so we're, no, gonna link, we're gonna no, link. We're gonna link all these. All up there. We'll flash yeah, it on the video on and,
2: and make sure that we link it in all Indeed. of our our bios. But Indeed. that was incredible. That. Hey, yeah. Thank
1: you very much. Man, it was a great conversation. Me. Certainly and uh, I think it. this is a great time to just kind of wrap wrap things up today. Audience, you know, you can download us, like us, ask us questions. We love it when you slide in our DMs and ask us to ask for certain questions and guests. It's great. Um, so this is a wrap for today, and I really appreciate you hanging out here. Certainly
0: appreciate you both. Thank you for giving me the platform awesome. and the time to, to talk. All awesome. right. <laughs> That's yeah. a wrap. That's great. Thank, oh,
1: thank yeah. you.